Jennifer Zhang. Yes, Jacqueline Lopez. Give me three words to describe before and after. Well. <laughs> uh, it's my enthusiastic face. You're so excited. Uh, improbable. Okay. Lame. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Snap! This is Seven of Wine. <laughs> Everyone, hopefully you've uh, you've heard of us before. We're Seven of Wine, where every episode we review an episode of Star Trek Voyager and a bottle of wine at the same time. Yep, and sometimes the episodes are amazing, um, and sometimes they're before and after. <laughs> Balls. I, I am so excited about this. I'm Jacqueline. That's Jennifer, the very excited person. Um, all about it, and I cannot wait to get into this, the meat and potatoes of this Kess-centric episode. What you said right there is already the first problem, but... <laughs> oh my god! I know we're usually, like, we usually try to, like, find something about every episode that is, you know, really good, that we can really get behind. I refuse for this oh, one. Oh, the whole time, I was literally, I was like, <laughs> I wonder what Jen's thinking at right at this moment, because she's probably flipping a table going, no. I just got my nay. arms crossed the whole time, mm-hmm. being like, mm-mm, mm-mm. nope. Well, mm-mm. before we get into this mm-mm-tastic episode, why don't you give us a brief synopsis, Jennifer? Brief. Brief, I can't promise. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, this is going to be the most objective I'm going to be uh, about this episode right now, and then I'm not going to be as objective. She said. You'll notice. <laughs> so in the near distant future, the doc tries to prevent the death of Kess with an experimental medical procedure, which uh, uses a biotemporal field, and that accidentally activates dormant chroniton particles in her body. So in layman's terms, what that means is... That present day Cass wakes up on her deathbed and then starts traveling back in time. And if she doesn't get the crew to help her prevent the, these leaps that she's experiencing at random back in time, she ri- risks leaping back entirely out of existence, which I would not have a problem with, let me tell you. Oh not God. after the events of this episode. Jen, the truth of the matter is that is the most unenthusiastic you've ever sounded when <laughs> presenting a synopsis. Well, so, you know, I mean, Kess is, Kess is going backwards in time, and then, spoiler alert, she kind of goes forwards in time. One would assume she'd have a little whiplash. Which she is- would experience something like that, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> this- that's the uh, name of the bottle that I picked, Yowls. Um, this is a 20, ooh, 2015 California red wine called Whiplash. From Whiplash. the Whiplash. 
from the Jameson Ranch Vineyards. Spirited, bold, and fiercely independent as his name, Whiplash was a rare and elegant stallion. We get it. Similarly, the red blend that bears his name, okay, here we go, is a rare combination of exceptional California varietals, resulting in an exuberant wine of bold character and unbridled spirit. It serves as a fitting tribute to the extraordinary stallion called Whiplash. This said absolutely nothing about this wine. Well, we're just going to have to use our senses. Oh, here we go. Let's tap into those, Jen. Let's sound a little... Okay, let's let's see how enthusiastic she gets about this. We're going to have to use our palates and our nasal cavities. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, guys, I'm I'm getting over a cold. I'm a little I'm loopy. I'm so excited. And then I had to watch this episode, which made me grumpy. <laughs> and like I had it, my throat feels like a grenade went off in there. Oh no! <laughs> I'm, like, try, I'm like trying. Okay, so hopefully the wine makes it better. And cheers! Cheers! Ting 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 ting. Here we go. Okay, so I take I smelled rust initially when I was going through this band dance this this horse named wine and i get appropriately a um before i knew that the thing is named after a horse i actually get a little a little barnyard on the nose <laughs> i love that you keep saying barnyard little, on the nose a little barnyard on the nose so you smell horse shit just a little a little a little, a little sousson of leather <laughs> Just a little, just a little, um, just on the tip of the nose. P- perhaps a, a, a weary farmhand. Yes. Waltzes into the bar. <laughs> where, where am I going with this? <laughs> his, his clothes starchy with the sweat <laughs> of the day's labor. He takes off his plaid shirt to reveal rippling muscles underneath. Oh my God, I love this guy. <laughs> From the plow, the plowing that he does during the day <laughs> and at night. What is? What is this? What is this wine? This is the best thing we've ever had. <laughs> okay, but seriously. <laughs> but seriously, you guys. It does smell like something of the earth. It does. Very very uh, bucolic is what I've been using. I keep a... saying that, you guys. And, you know, I mean, it's fancy, but it sounds like an eating disorder. I'm not a big fan of it. It's of the farm. Okay, there we go. Of the country. I, I, I smell metal. Like I, like I keep saying, it's, it smells rusty to me. It's a deep red, and it has good legs for a 2015 wine. It's a good yeah. table wine. It's, it's a like, good wine for uh, sitting around and discussing certain things, like episodes involving Kess ugh. as the uh, main person. I knew this day would come because, <laughs> because we haven't done a Kess episode. <laughs> we haven't. So this is how we start up, you guys. We start up and we see Kat, we're, we're at a point of view. We don't know whose point of view it is, but they're really like, what's, what's going on? And the dog has hair. And that's one thing that's weird. Totally weird. And of course they're saying, you know, beep, boop, boop, do this stuff with a biotemp- biotemporal chamber, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, they're trying to do all these schematics. We see, um, we, we see a, a, another person there whom we've never seen before. Yeah, who's this bitch? Who's this crazy blonde haired chick is she the one that gave the doc hair um, we don't know maybe yeah what's going on is that his wife um and then all of a sudden we hear tom's voice we hear tom's voice going oh my gosh what's going on what's happening i don't know what's happening and then all of a sudden boom we are transported into sick bay and we see kess mm-hmm. and she's old as old she's grizzled she's she's older and actually before we see her um <laughs> 
we don't know who the first person view is in the first moments that we see. We do not. But we do see the doc say to her slash it, whatever it is, um, basically he gives like a little farewell message. He says like, you've been the best friend I've ever had or some bullshit. And, and I'm like, yay, she's about to die. Oh my God. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. So um, what we basically do is then we come to and we see this, you know, this young boy mm-hmm. walk in. Mixed heritage. Mixed heritage. But he reminded me of Ernie Reyes Jr. from Surf Ninjas. <laughs> and he comes in and I he goes, it. hey, homie. I have a gift for you. Weird way to call your grandma, address your grandma. <laughs> hey, grand homie, I have a gift for you. And she is going, what just happened? Who are you? Who are you? Little boy. Where am I? What is this? Mm-hmm. And um, and then what else? So so then, then she gets another flashback? Well, the, the doc comes in and he uh, she mentions to him that the last thing she remembers... Um, was the biotemporal chamber and he's like you know confused by that because he he hasn't put her in it yet yeah so she so he doesn't doesn't understand why she um is describing a scenario from which she was speaking to him from it yes and she also says and you told me that i was like you know one of your best friends and he was like i don't say that shit yeah he's like oh well i mean we're jumping to conclusions aren't we yeah so we're, we're starting to get you know, we're, these are our first indicators that what she experienced either hasn't happened or isn't reality or we don't know. Well, and we know it's her, eh? Yes. We know it's her. We know, and we've all, you know, if, if you've been following Voyager, you know that she is, she has a very, very short lifespan. The Ocampa. The Ocampa. They live nine years total. Yes. So when we catch up with her on Voyager when the show first starts, she's actually only three years old. Yes. But a grown-ass woman. Yes. Yes. So we're we're th- we're we're kind of threading the needle, but just as soon as we see Kess in this in this sick bay, she's like, "Oh, I'm so cold!" And then boom, she wakes up in her quarters. Yeah. Now she looks slightly less old. Slightly less old, but still like not fuckable. Oh my god, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She shambles her old ass out of her quarters into like living room yep. where that boy that we'd seen earlier, Andrew. And the blonde chick. And the blonde chick, whom she wouldn't really recognize because she was dying as she saw her, <laughs> um, are sitting there and they're like, oh, hey, grandma, what's up? And she only recognizes the boy because the boy was the one that talked to her in her second leap. Back, yes. Yes. Right. Yes. So she she knows he's Andrew and she knows that he had given her a gift. Yes. Right? And then he's like, yo, girl, why are you blowing the surprise? Yeah. So, yep, he says that. He's a very rude little boy. He's very rude. Um, He's growing up so fast. He he really has. That's really what's going on. So she, so um, Grammy Kess is like, uh, who are you? What is going on? Why y'all in my my rooms? And the, the blonde woman recognizes that something's going on with her, right? And goes, hey, mom. Yeah. And then we all go, uh? What? <laughs> Cass, of course, doesn't recognize her. Um, so that's her first indicator that, you know. Something's amiss. Senility is upon us. But it's a little bit of, it's of greater concern for this woman and of everybody on the ship because um, Cass being near 
her nine years of total life expectancy, um, they're going to start seeing some kind of mental decay, they're assuming. There are no other Ocompans on the ship, and this is a new species that's native to the Delta Quadrant, Mm -hmm. so nobody actually knows what to expect as an Ocompa starts dying. Yes. So her daughter is like, oh, there's some kind of dementia setting in, right? Yeah, we we knew this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. This is the beginning of the end. Right. So that's her assumption, but Mm -hmm. there's more... There's more to the story, as you know, we know as viewers. And Kess um, speaks to her and and uh, kind of blows blows the cover of the fact that she's jumping back in time by saying like, "Oh yeah, um, I know that little boy. He gave me a gift." And she's like, "That's impossible. He was just making it right now. Yes. So there's no way he could have given it to you." Um, so I don't know. If you're a savvy watcher, you're like, I get it. I see what's happening here. She's going back in time. She's going back in time. She's going back in time, guys. And, uh, but she's getting, so, you know, Linus is the name of the daughter that we've come to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, Linus goes, hey, you know what? I get it. All right, Mom. We're bracing for impact. Let's take you to sick bay. Let's take you to sick bay. See what's going on. And, uh, you know, who walks? And she goes, I'm going to, uh, she goes, uh, was it Andrew or, or someone? Alert your uh, Papa. your, your uh, granddaddy and your dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer is not okay. <laughs> this is when Jennifer. Jennifer is not okay with this. <laughs> because we get to sick bay, and we're sitting there with um, a hair laden uh, Doc, who's going by Doc Van Gogh, by the way. Yeah, and uh, and then probably the, the best name he's ever had. <laughs> yeah, truthfully, considering oh all the God. other options, what Schmullis, Schweitzer, Schweitzer. You guys, he was named after Falls. Not the point. The point is when the doors open to sick bay. Guess who we see? None other than the dynamic duo Tom Paris mm-hmm. and Harry Kim. And you guys, it's gonna get even creepier right now. So whack. Because Tom Paris is with Kiss. Old as F Kess. And yet everyone else looks super hot. She's Coogan. Oh, She's bro. She's a cougar. Bro. Yes. Tom Paris, he looks just as you would expect him to look. <laughs> like, so fly. <laughs> booty on point. Can we talk about how on point the men looked in this episode? Oh, so good. Like, Chakotay? Hello. Hi. Hi. Chakotay. Hey. hey. But that we didn't hit the creepiest part on the on the, on oh, the head. Jesus Christ! Guess who? Uh, guess who? Andrew's dad is. Oh, it's Harry Kim. It's Harry Kim. What the fuck? Harry Kim Bone, Tom Paris's daughter. How did that fly? How is that I feel, okay? I feel like Tom Paris would not be okay with that. Oh, we've only hit the tip of the iceberg, Jen. Mm-hmm. Scratch because, the surface. Because you know what? She's sitting there and she says something's wrong with me, and then all of a sudden, poof. She's in the mess hall. This part I don't remember. This part where she's in the mess hall and she's getting a birthday cake. Oh yeah, that's right. So what happens is in this the the, the you know track with us trek with us mm. if you will trek with us track with us track trek with us. Uh, so what we're doing right? So what we just established that Tom Paris is her beau. Tom Tom's daughter is boning Harry Kim, and they made a never-ending story child. So, now we're in the mess hall, and it's Kess's birthday. Oh, that's true. Yep, it's her birthday. And her hair's a little shorter. 
Mm-hmm. A little less aged, but she still looks old. But she's, okay, thank you, Jen. Yes, she still looks old. Just wanted to get there. And we realize that this isn't this is the day of her ninth birthday. So she's starting to get her bearings about her. She's starting to realize now what's happening, right? Yep. Um, she's she's leaping back in time, and that the uh, right now her main concern is trying to track, um, trying to keep track of how much time is being, um, is being traversed. With every jump. Yes. And so far, it's kind of, it's, it's so far, the spans have been short. Yes. She went from her deathbed to being very feeble and old. So she's, that's like maybe a couple weeks to, you know, however long it took for her to. Well, we're tracking the present. I think yeah. that's what we're doing in this first act, right? Right. So we're starting with her deathbed and Andrew. He's mm-hmm. our, he's our tether right now. Then we bounce to when she gets the gift. Yep. Then we bounce to when he's making the gift. Mm-hmm. And now we're bouncing to her birthday. Her actual birthday. Yeah. Where the first, you know, she's still a little like, what the fuck's going on? And then Scombobby. she sees Andrew and she goes, Andrew, I need to talk to you. And he goes, homie, I'm sorry I don't have your gift yet. Mm-hmm. Just like that. And then she basically says, you know what? Screw this. I'm starting to get bearings, like you said. And she immediately goes to the doctor mm-hmm. and says, homie, you got to help me. Everybody's a homie on, Kess's, on, on Kessville. <laughs> Like, that's what's happening. So it's, it's Kessville. Everyone's a homie. And she says, this is what's happening. I'm traveling back in time, and you need to help me. She, so she mentions to him this biotemporal chamber that he had put her in. Yes. He was like, I was going to surprise you with that information because, during your party. Because I'm super boss like that. I was going to tell you that I might have devised a way to prolong your very short life, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she's like, well, there's something up with it because I was, I was in it. And then I wasn't. And now I'm not in it. No, I'm not in it. And, um, and so, you know, it, it originates from that, I think. It, she says something to that effect. Like, they, they ascertain that something got messed up with her where she's now out of sync, temporally speaking, with everyone. She sees the doctor and she says, Doc, guess what? I know what's going on with me. And he goes, well, let's go to sickbay and figure this out. And that's when we meet Captain Chicote. What? Captain Chicote. What happened to Janeway? Oh, no. Where's Janeway? Why does he look so dashing? Why am I okay with Captain Chicote? Not the point. The point is, Cass explains her situation. We have a, a dutiful captain. We have a dutiful husband that Jen disagrees with. And... Yeah. That's not the Tom I know. <laughs> and, you know, and, and we have a bit of an oddball in, in the doctor, right? So everybody's mm-hmm. like, I believe Kess. Maybe something temporal is happening. And mm-hmm. the doc goes, well, maybe she can, you know, see the future. Yeah. And she goes, I don't think it's that. And, and, uh, and but Tom Paris brings up like, I don't know. You don't know that because there's a lot of stuff that you've been able to do, like telekinesis, you know, telepathic He's really supportive stuff. of her. Very, uh, very supportive of her. Not the Tom Paris. <laughs> we know. I mean, he he has like, you know, like flavors of Tom Paris, like the way he will eventually become through his loving, supportive, <laughs> mature relationship with Bolana Torres. Oh, uh, with who? Not this bitch, <laughs> but to Bolana Torres, you know. So this mature Tom, who's super supportive and gentle in his voice and like, you know, fucking understanding. Loves and, the shit out of Cash. And is okay with banging an old fart. Um, this is not the Tom I know. Jesus Who is this guy? Christ. Can't wait for this episode to be over. <laughs> and that's when Jen checked out. 
<laughs> so anyway. Oh, um, but Jen, this romance is just getting started. Oh, it gets so much grosser. So what ends up happening is, is, you know, Chakotay goes, you know what? Let's sit on this. Uh, you guys go back to, you know, go back to your quarters. We'll figure out what we can in terms of this temp- temporal stuff. And of course, at the same time, Cus is like, you know what? Since I have no memory, because we're looking at her memory engrams. By the way, we're also tracking those. And at the beginning, she only had 90, like she lost 98% of them. She's slowly getting them bit by bit back. They're like at 95, I think, around this time. Yeah. And so she's like, you know what? Maybe I can jumpstart my brain. Let mm-hmm. me read up on my romance with Tom Paris. <laughs> so she went to go uh, read some fan fiction <laughs> in her quarters with Tom Paris. So what happens is we're in their quarters. And we see all of these different padadadas all over the place. And she's trying to recollect the romance between them. By looking at mementos. <laughs> Fuck this What's noise. this photo? What's this ultrasound? What's this? Ugh. And so Tom explains all these different moments in their lives. Gross. And um, spill right past all that shit. But he does bring up a, a certain uh, situation that yep. uh, happened... On the shippy. Yep. And it was uh, something that we all lovingly refer to as, that we find out is a year of hell. The year of hell. Year of hell. Where there was a, uh, a temporal, it was like a missile or a torpedo. Torpedoes, yeah. That had gone off, um, that had gone off in, uh, that had been, I think, had been transported onto their decks. Chroniton torpedoes that were basically, they could not be blocked because they were not in space itself they were fluctuating so they could kind of they kind of like you bounced know, around yeah they like juked you know around the the force fields and they were causing havoc and people died jen and when they went off um certain people died um some of the best people in the whole world died um, it's almost you know what this episode killed our dreams jen it did because so it killed ways. it it killed captain Catherine janeway and, and, and eleven other people that we don't care about, but yeah. killed. And meanwhile, so this these torpedoes, when they had gone off, as as is described, they had um, they had poisoned everybody with like, uh, what do they call them? Chrono chroniton, chroniton particles. Particles. Mm. Uh, chroniton poisoning. Everyone had experienced. So Rude. this herein lies like the key to. This is what set everything off, was this horrible event in something called Year of Hell. What is that? Which hasn't even happened yet. What? By the time this episode happened. So, and the cre- Krenman? Krimen? So, yeah, this, this episode actually is probably pretty important in Star Trek yeah, canon. Yeah, it's pretty important, Jen. Because it really foreshadows like a lot of the things. There's other things that foreshadows that we'll get into. But um, it foreshadows a lot of things that are going to come up in the season and in the subsequent season. But that being said... Tom is not with Belana, so fuck this shit. <laughs> so all of a sudden, he's she's like he's he's going through really difficult dark memories. But then he says, "I think you're onto something because these pr- these particles, mm-hmm. these are the things that you know made had temporal flux occur because of them. Maybe let's trace those mm-hmm. and see what's going down." And he goes, all right. And, and Kes is like, hey, man, progress. Let's go to sickbay. So uh, they're going to sickbay. And then all of a sudden, foosh. Yep. She, she, she goes back in time again. Again. Now, she she's youthful. Even, doesn't even require 1.21 gigawatts. She does not, you guys. No plutonium, not a flux capacitor. This no is dark com- brown. Completely improbable, this you guys, episode. She just, does not have to accelerate. No, to 88 miles per hour. She does not. She just has to lower her body temp by two degrees. 
bullshit. And then, that's not science. She's holding the fetus of her daughter. I don't know how the song ended that way. Um, she In this flashback, she is suddenly holding a baby. She is. And it is her daughter who's just given birth. And it's supposed to be like a proud moment in every grandma's life. And she looks terrified. Because she, once again, is getting uh, you know, acclimated to where she is now. But now it becomes very clear to her that because these flashes, um, because these leaps back in time. Ho, ho. That car outside is going 88 miles per hour for sure. Kef. Enjoy the 1950s. Have fun. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so now we she realizes that because these flashes happen at random, that there's very limited time. Time is of the essence. As soon as she flashes back, she needs to get to the dock. Yes. And she needs to convince enough members of the crew that um, she needs to relay the information before she loses it. She makes like a beeline for um, as fast as she can to the doctor. Has to explain the whole thing over again. Yep. Um, and now they start involving more members of the crew. Yeah. Chakotay, um is pulled into the medical, uh, the med bay. Tom is pulled in. Um, and they are able to ascertain um, that the doctor at this point, he's no longer Dr. Van Gogh. She refers to him as that. And Tom goes, I thought you were Dr. Mozart. <laughs> right, so, <laughs> so he's just bouncing around. Yeah, he that just, guy is so non-committal. He gets to choose his name whatever he wants to. What would your name be if you could choose it right now and it wasn't Jacqueline Lopez? It would be Commander Fancy Pants McAwesome. That's pretty good. I think that's because I remember when we were like making people, and that was think that I think that was his name. Well, that's pretty good. What's yours? Rebethany Von Sapphire. Oh, but um, I want to put your hair up. The Baroness. <laughs> oh, Von Sapphire of the Von Sapphire fortune. Oh, the Von Sapphire fortune. My, those people have beautiful mansions. What's the Rockefellers to shame? It really does. Oh, the Von Sapphires. <gasps> to dreadful shame. Oh, are, are the Von Sapphires? Did they RSVP to our small soiree? <laughs> Quick, Gatsby, get the fine champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Has having a party. I can't do it. No, the thing I trying. used to do. They used. I used to do this thing with my ex boyfriend where, like, whenever we were going anywhere, I would say, like, "Are we going to Gatsby's party? <laughs> Gatsby's throwing a party tonight. It's gonna be the bee's knees. It's gonna be the bee's knees." Um, Von Sapphire just brings this out of me. But I, for a while, I was doing the um, Grey Gardens voice. Mm-hmm. Like, Mother darling, you know, you always have to. You, we we um. We here, me and Mother Darling, we just sit here in the Hamptons and we just talk about cats and let raccoons crap all over the top of our apartment building or some shit like that. I can't make the accent now, but when I get in it, I can't get out of it and it's really ridiculous. But the Von Sapphires. The Von Sapphires. Oh, the Von Sapphires. They have horses and they're all white. Meanwhile, they are all white. Why just the driven snow? Why just driven snow? Really? Not a speck on them. Not, not at all. They're carefully inspected before being purchased by the Von Sapphires. And should they be discovered to have a speck upon their backsides? Well, they're made they're into glue. Promptly made into glue. Glue? glue what is darling? happening? <laughs> nothing, nothing but rubies for the Von Sapphires. <laughs> <laughs> the Hope Diamond? Rubbish. So the doctor is... <laughs> Doctor is Dr. Mozart. Yes, the um, doctor is Dr. Mozart. We're, we're sitting in the med bay because the doctor has 
figured out with the information that Kes has given him that um, if he contains her in some kind of um, containment field, he might be able to prevent her from jumping. And let's be clear here. So, yeah, so he made, so because uh, the first thing that Tom says is he throws in the, hey, weren't we all inoculated? Because apparently after year of hell, people were experiencing sickness. Yeah. And so the doc inoculated everyone. But he basically made the assumption that whatever inoculation it was. Yeah. It, the particles that were meant to be innate were reactivated somehow within Kiss. Yeah. He thought that he had, like, um, you know, eradicated the particles yes. in, in everyone with the inoculation. Yeah. But really what he had done was, like, rendered them all dormant. Yes. They're sleeping. And, sleepy, and sleepy, in sleepy. the case of Kess, you know, because he does this experimental thing with her where he puts her in a biotemporal chamber. Before her um, death. Before her death. That's what sets this whole thing off, reanimates the um, the chronotons, and uh, and causes her to slingshot or whiplash through. She's whiplashing. Time. She's riding a pony back in time, and here's time. and here's the catch. Although Jen kind of would think this the miracle, she may go back far enough in time to a point where she doesn't exist. Yeah. Oh, what a tragedy that would be. <laughs> she said with sincerity, smiling from ear to ear, <laughs> grinning while sipping her wine. Yeah. So while Kess sitting in this chamber, um, or this uh, containment field, um, Tom Paris strolls up, you know, and he had said some pretty sweet things in the last thing. He was like, oh, it's okay if you don't remember me. I have feelings now for both of for us. For both of us. Who you are you? Yeah, what did you do with my Who Tom? Who is this guy? Who's, where's Tom? So she's in the containment field. He can't make contact with her because, you know, it would be through a field. And so he sits down and has a conversation with her, and he's going to try to jog her memory and tell her about their wonderful life together. <laughs> and he says to her, like, you know, I like, love you forever. Uh, love you forever. He basically tells her that um, Bolana is somebody who, Kes, by the way, does not remember at this she point. She doesn't know anything. She's still she's still suffering. Like remember that as she's slingshotting back, she's regaining more and more of her memory memories, not memories. <laughs> Those more two of her, her memories. But in this point in time she doesn't remember Bolana. And Tom tells her, um, there was a woman named Bolana. She was very special to me. Um and when she died I didn't know how it was gonna go on. So basically the information to glean from that that um, Kess is going to maintain, or going to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What? That, retain. There we go. That okay, Kess cool. is going to retain is that Bolana is a thing, and that Bolana is going to die, and that's going to mean something to Tom. So they're dropping breadcrumbs here, and the thing is, is they're breadcrumbs for us just as much as Kess. Mm -hmm. And what's so great about it, and again, you know, I mean, we're going to play good cop, bad cop. I just love the fact, because we all know that one of, the episodes of Voyager's Year of Hell, to hear it mentioned mm -hmm. early, a yep. season before it actually happens, yeah. is awesome to me. It's pretty interesting. That's right. ballsy. But yeah. like right before Kess is, they, they, uh, Doc can't contain her, she's about ready to jump again, and they do this kind of thing where they're like putting hands on a glass, but it's not, and then all of a sudden she's birthing a child. Yeah, Tom is trying to reach out to her. She's <laughs> phasing out of existence, much like Marty McFly in a photograph at yeah. the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. So, But she was not under the sea, nay. She was in sickbay. She was in sickbay. And we've made a lot of Back to the Future references, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, girl. It, but it makes sense, because we went back. Yep. But we're talking about the future. Yep. So as soon as uh, she phases out of this existence, she um, appears giving birth. You guys, again, remember, she's 
experiencing her flashbacks brand new. Yeah. What would you do if you came to like in an instant right now and you were birthing something? In labor, I would pass out, cry, scream, choke someone. Uh, you know what? I would. Yeah, I don't know. I, would I think I'd go in shock. I would unplug from the Matrix. Oh my god! They, yeah. they'd be Jen, like, that's not an option. Jen. Would, they would. They would that's actually just option, witness Jen. me completely, just like shutting down and dying spontaneously. And I'd be just like, not like this, not like this, <laughs> and then I would just die. Well, there you have it, friends. Jen would rather unplug from life than, <laughs> than birth a child. Than birth a child. But it's weird because we haven't seen no Compton's give birth before birth before and she is sweaty and you know and but her hair is fabulous and she's holding on to a bar and there's no blood and tom paris is behind her and he's seeing that he saying that he sees the head or the toes or some toes yeah but you know my first thought and y'all at home Oh, no, don't we, pretend. Yes, yeah. Do not pretend like you are better than no. me and that you did not think the same thing. Because yeah. I know you guys did, you <laughs> perverts. <laughs> but what I was thinking was, if she gives birth out of her back, that means that what's back there is her hoo-ha. Reproductive organs. So if you think about it, when Tom got with her, just he what? inserted his wiener in her back. <laughs> I'm just going to say it plain and medical like that. I'm going to use the proper medical terminology okay. to say that he took his his <laughs> his schlong and in and like inserted it into her back. When they bumped squigglies. <laughs> so, oh, so weird. Star Trek you know sex is weird. It reminds me of when like planes refuel in space in the air. That's precisely what it is. You've, you've come up with the perfect <laughs> metaphor. Just, just horrible. Everything about this episode is horrible. So she hey man, gives, miracle of life, man. So she, what? So she gives birth. <laughs> unplug me from the Matrix right now. I know. <laughs> she gives birth out of her back. Okay. And so Kess now witnesses the birth of her daughter, which is Linus, right? Uh, but, you know, there's no time for reveling in the majesty of birth. No, because Voyager's daughter. under attack. Voyager's under attack. Uh, and this is the start of the year of hell. And we see the bridge is no bueno. No. It is not in a fun place right now, you guys. But uh, right away, I believe this is this is the point where Bolana dies. Oh, both of them die, dude. Bolana dies. Janeway dies. Oh, Janeway dies. Um, we also need to point out that um, uh, that at this point, I think she's like a she's like one of the the doctor has been offline. That is the issue at oh, hand yeah. right now. So the doc has been offline. So she the first thing even... she runs in is to the bridge. She's like, "I need the doc. Where is he? Oh, is it because your baby? Nah, fuck the child. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that guy. I need him to help me find this frequency. This would be yeah. the opportune moment." And everybody's going, "Hey." But can we, like, Zach Morris time out and talk about how heartbroken Chakotay looks when Janeway dies? Because his face was awesome. And, and I Tom just... Paris from Bellana t- eats, eats it. I was about <laughs> to say... Jesus, how she... you, you just describe these, these things is just priceless. When she just... <laughs> you do it when she eats it. When she eats floor and dies. Oh <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty devastated, too. I mean, like, our two leading men here have both lost their ladies. It's a pivotal Legit, moment. yo. Like, side by side. Ooh, it's rough. Ooh. Rough going. Ooh. 
They're like, Cassie, meanwhile, is like, I'm going to squeeze myself in this tube. She's like, if no one's going to help me, I guess I have to do everything by myself. And so she goes into this, uh, this, this tube. She finds the frequency. Yep. She memorizes it. It's her last waking thought. And last she's week. very happy about it. because She's really was, happy. That was the goal. So she memorizes the frequencies, passes out. She knows that while she's passed out, she's going to leap back. And she does. Um, yes. So now she's a woman on a mission. And she is now the Kess that we currently know. Yes. She's present day Kess mm-hmm. um, assisting the doctor. Mm-hmm. And she explains the whole thing to him over again. Mm-hmm. And she says the important thing is this is the, these are the frequencies. These are the numbers that we need to, um, to try to solve this issue. So then they have like a little sidebar. They have like a war room meeting. Her, um, Janeway, who's alive and well. Yay. But we forget. Remember, they meet in that holodeck program where it's like a luau, right? Oh, yep, yep. And then who comes over to give uh, Tom Paris a little peck on oh, the thank mouth? Oh, my God. Bellana Torres. Oh, my God, she's back. Oh, she's God. alive. And her and Tom Paris are together. And can we talk about that face that Kes gives when Bellana kisses Tom? Because that was the best face ever. It was this, oh, you must be Bellana. Oh, hello. It was great. Again, great. when I saw that face on Cass, I was like, I wonder what Jen thought at this moment. I was Probably like, yes, bitch. Take it. Take it, bitch. That's what's up. <laughs> you were sorry. You were five wrestlers that's, at once. That's what's up, bitch. That's what's <laughs> up. Roxanne Dawson, if you ever need a hype man. Yeah, right we got here. it. We got you one right here. So, But again... You know, just as a viewer experience, weird. I mean, we knew that the series was driving towards Tom and Bolana getting together, but we see their their uh, yeah their their relationship has escalated exponentially. Yeah, at this point. these two these two are just all lovey dovey with each other. So we're like, okay, so all right, I guess this is a thing. Any whoozles. But we're in we're in the conference room, and my beloved Janeway's there, and she's like so quizzical, and she's looking up, you know, and and the doc is explaining everything, tooting his own horn. You know, just like, you know, showing his wang off to yeah. everything around there. He says, there. basically, it sounds, from the sounds of it, my plan to devise a biotemporal chamber, brilliant as it is, brilliant. did not anticipate the fact that the chamber itself would reanimate the chronotons that were lying dormant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, the sounds of LA traffic. <laughs> that was so funny. So, um, so Doc Dossman. I was gonna call him Doc Bossman, and it turned into Dossman. <laughs> so the Doc goes, "Hey, y'all, my brilliant contraption actually had a little snafu, side effect." And I love it. it you're you're walking. The director is is tracking. The doc, but as soon as he starts tooting his own horn, we see Bolana in the corner rolling her eyes, and she goes, "Look, this is how we're gonna fix the situation." Yeah, and I love this. This is a true Bolana moment, right? Um, yeah, because she she basically lays out what their what the plan of action is. It's just you guys. I can. That was the one thing I loved all the time when when BT, you know, and Janeway Science. It is a beautiful thing. Yeah, when the two of them science, they science hard. They science so hard, and she's just like, you know, we just need to... So they're going to create antiparticles. 
And those antiparticles are essentially going to flush out the particles that are in Kess's system, mm -hmm. if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to bring her back in sync with the time period they are in currently, mm -hmm. which is Ponytail Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ponytail Janeway. The Ponytail era Janeway. Pon there's Bun Janeway. There's Bun. That's a certain time. Ponytail yeah, Janeway. That's a thing going on. And um, then there's Bob. Oh, no. Then there's like short Bob Janeway, which Jacqueline loves the most. Year mm -hmm. of Hell Janeway, mm -hmm. which is that cute Bob. And then it grows out into regular Bob Janeway. Yep. Those that are the eras. There's, those are the eras that we're working with so here. So right now we're in Ponytail. We're in Ponytail Janeway. And uh, so they bring Kess to the, the sick bay. Yep. They put her into a chamber that is, um, and they start monitoring her very carefully, right? Because they're like, if they do everything correctly here, if they infuse her with these anti-chronitons or whatever, mm -hmm. she should she should not leap. She shouldn't. She should not leap. And at this point, guys, she's no longer like an old fogey. So time is actually of the essence. Yes. She has to have that many more leaps to go. She's a grown woman, but we're only talking three years. She's three years old right now. Yeah. So she's, you know, and at this point, the leaps have become larger, right? We went from days, increments of hours to increments of days. We've now, she's basically said, the from the year of hell death to where she is now with the crew is six months. It's been six months. This last so, jump was six months. So now we can only assume it's going to get the, the, the time jumps are going to be even bigger yeah and we're not wrong no because they're trying to lock her down but bitch just wants to jump around time yep so they're the, she's in the chamber they're monitoring her and her temperature is dropping and which is an indicator here it comes here it comes here it comes and she's a child Oh, damn it. Oh, so now oops. now it's just pure futility. Now like now it's retarded. Now like, we're just really, like what's happening. There's no there's no way anyone will take her seriously. There's no longer the crew of the Voyager. Now she's in a greenhouse with her dad. Oh balls, no, we we didn't. We jumped we jumped too far. Oh did we? We, we have did. to go back. We have to go back to the dad. future. <laughs> god i'm so excited okay oh my Whew. gosh no we jump back one too many because remember she has the short pixie cut because she meets janeway at the oh, beginning that's during right. caretaker when we see bun janeway so she yeah uh, so she so this next leap takes her to the moment when neelix is trying to convince janeway that she that he a talaxian and Kess can be of use assets to the crew assets to the crew so this is the very moment that they join um, the crew of the Voyager. But Cass is, <laughs> Cass is uh, like, hey, y'all, uh, um, no offense. I'm hey. not supposed to be here. <laughs> hey, you just met me. Hey, hi. Um, I'm sure we had a handshake. Yeah. BT dubs and not supposed to be here. And this is crazy, but I'm in a temporal rift situation. There are anomalies happening. So, so time jump, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. we did it. <laughs> so so um, Janeway, uh, you know, Benefit of the doubt, Janeway. A uh, Janeway, um, you know she she takes Kess at her word, and they try to she tries in that very limited time to do something about the situation, but can't. No, she can because she bounces back. Bounces back to Callie. Callie. Yep. Which um, is when she's a child. Now it's Kess mm -hmm. with her dad. Yep. She tries to tell her dad, who doesn't believe her because she was a silly little child. A silly she's little child. Dad. Listen, Dad. Hey, Dad. Are, listen, Dad. Hey, Dad. I mean, she doesn't say this, but she pretty much says, 
Dad, you may not believe me, but there was a uh, issue with my chronotons. They were poisoned during an event. <laughs> Could you imagine? Hell. Um, I was on a ship with Captain Catherine Janeway of the USS Voyager, and blah blah blah. And all he's hearing is like silly child. You know, he's like he's oh like Chrono what? Quite quite the imagination on this one. Um, I don't even know why she tried. I guess she had to, but like within seconds, she um bounces back again and she's a fetus no no she's a baby she's a baby she's being birthed by her mother oh i love what her mom says i hope she sees the sun or something yeah I that was really touching so though. she's getting pulled out of the back of her mom <laughs> can we stop <laughs> birthing people this way since we know that's where the babies come from the mom is handed the baby the mom goes yes i know she's gonna see the sun how cute is that though but you know don't feel too good for her because oh. then she bounces back into fetal whoa uh, she's an embryo in utero in a womb and then she then we watch her become like basically become uh meiosis yeah it just turns cell into division. a cell and then she becomes a single-celled organism and we and go is this the end of Cass? this becomes really this is really weird it's smacked very heavily of like it's like 2001 a space Odyssey. Uh, yeah i was gonna say it that, just yeah. got real freaking psychedelic in this moment where it's like now why are we watching just like cells basically fuse together but lo and behold just when you think it's the end of kess darn everything starts going right well you know what's really interesting is we see this cell division this kind of in the beginning and then who do we hear but someone who kind of sees themselves in a very kind of deity-esque way but the doc Oh, yeah. Very like, I think I got her. Yep. I think I'm pulling her out. And then everything happens in reverse very quickly. We see her, the cells start conjoining and she turns into an embryo. And then she's given, she's like birthed again by the mother. And then she snaps back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. Oh. (laughs) But no, but so she, she gets slingshotted back. To exactly where we started this endeavor. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like she had to go through the bad part yep. to get to the good part. And he says, hey, homegirl, guess what? We purged your body of the chronoton particles. We did it. And um, and let's all celebrate about it. Yep. So they go to the beach deck. They have a little luau. And, you know, now we are in on the joke. We know everything that Kess knows. A lot has been foreshadowed. She, um, you know, they do one of those things that you do in, like, any kind of show or movie where there's just a bunch of time jumps. You have to invalidate everything that you've seen. You have to. Oh. Because otherwise it just wouldn't, you know, then there's no surprises. So, um... And, of course, he does the invalidating, but none other than our beloved Vulcan. Yes. Tuvok. Um, everyone's like, oh, tell us what happens in the future, Cass. And Tuvok is like, eh, what Kess experienced was one reality, one possible reality that is now altered by the fact that she's no longer, you know, that she, in every reality that she was a part of, she did things to alter that reality. And now they're all invalidated because we're, we're back here. It is kind of cute, this final scene, because Bolana joins the party you know, um, she stands next to Tom, and she's being very... Um, sassy. Very sassy with Kess, like, yeah, why don't, why don't you tell us what happens, right? And Kess gives the two of them a look, because she knows, like, in her... In, in the reality that she experienced, she knows they get together. Right now, they're not together, right? Mm. Um, and you're wondering if she's going to drop a hint, but she doesn't. She basically... She basically Doc Browns. 
right? Yeah. Where she's like, nah, I don't want to know. Like, you, you guys shouldn't know about the future. And then Tom goes, of course, I don't want to know because yeah. I'm a gangster. He's G. He's, He's a, a G. G. But what's so fascinating is just like, yeah, how she kind of goes, she kind of is absent-minded about the Prime Directive. I'm very much like this series, but that's what I love about it. But, you know, what, it was so interesting, I thought, about the whole Kren, uh, Kremen, Krenim, the, the fact that she had this knowledge of Year of Hell. Yeah. And how she's supposed to write a report on it for it's really weird. Way. Yeah. But then how wasn't that more informed when we actually yeah, get when, into when Year, Year of, of Hell? When Year of Hell happens, you would think they would have anticipated it because of Kess's limited experience, but, you know, straight up experience with it. You would think they would have been able to... This is where we run into the, the classic paradox of time travel, right? Okay. Had she known, had she known that the chroniton torpedoes would have been an issue, could she have prevented it? And had she prevented it, would this entire thing have happened in the first place? So therefore, oh. would, see what I mean? Like it's recursive. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where if if what she reported had made it so that, um, if what she'd reported had made it so that they could prevent it, would she have been able to report it at all? Because it never would have happened to her. She never would have gotten the knowledge, so she never would have gone through this, so she never would have reported it. So in a way, the the episode just kind of leaves you with this whole like, eh, well, maybe she didn't report it because it didn't happen because fuck, I don't know. This is the issue. You're, you're just going to go crazy, as Doc Brown says. Like you, you could actually drive yourself insane trying to think through all of the permutations and probabilities and whatever of this time and the the repercussions of time travel and the branch you know branching theory and fuck well that's what i love about what janeway says the less i know about it the better the better better. so she has to write a report and kes ditches the party and like janeway's like no it's your party and she's like what I've learned in her little Kess voice do it, do it. is that there's no time like the present. And then she just walks away and everybody, this is the cheesiest <laughs> I know, shot. It's so the great. The cheesiest shot in the whole episode <laughs> is like everybody standing in a group and as Kess leaves the scene, they all look at her like, oh, Kess. Oh, Kess. That's, that's our Kess. That's our Kess. She's a quirky one. <laughs> The end. The end. After all that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just so funny. Like, we've talked about it before with other episodes, how because it's just, it's just, it's, it, because it is a self-contained, you go through this, what just happened? Oh, hunky-dory butterflies at the end. Yeah. It's so funny. No bigs. But you know what? I think at the end of the day, we made it through a Kess episode, and at least for me, it wasn't terrible. This is this is an episode that, despite all the little things in it that I hated, it oh. was generally speaking a very competently constructed episode about a interesting temporal anomaly. Yeah, you know, it kept. I mean, even though we knew what needed to happen, I still felt it was compelling enough to want to see it through. Yep. Simply because you kind of it 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 very sneakily made you invested in the plight. Okay, very much like a lot of Star Trek episodes. We know how it needs to end. We know it's going to get there, but how does it do it? It was the Easter egg episode. 
It really was. It was the episode where if you were paying attention, you were going to get glimpses into what was going to befall Voyager in the coming season. And so it was an important episode, and that's kind of part of my resentment where I was like, ugh, this episode was important? Fuck. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's that's what I felt about the rewatch, was it was one of those things where we, we are so quick. It sucks, but yeah. We're so quick to be like, oh, it's a Kess episode? Easy peas. Like, let's. She's gonna feel some things, and people are gonna feel things, and then then she's gonna be too powerful, and then she realizes mea culpa, and then blah. So we we did before and after. No, we did. We made it all the way through. I, for one, am going to ignore the fact that this episode exists. Even though we just validated that it's an important episode, Jed is erasing it from her. Uh, what is it? Egrams? Uh, Inograms? Engrams? Engrams. Yep. I'm going to retcon it like in my in my reality, in my version of this universe, this episode can just go suck it. Beep, boop, boop. Belated. How about this wine? What well, I was going to say, wine? but can you, can you delete this wine? I'm going to tell you right now, you guys. I thought this would mellow out. It is not. No. I still, no. It still has bite. It still, I mean, it has, it has uh, a tartness that you made mention of. I'm smelling something different, though, in it now. Like, you know, is it not the stable smell. hand? It's no longer the stable hand. Nay, it is. As, as Lady Von Sapphire. I'm getting a little, like, um, al- like almonds. Whoa. Um, okay. Let's see if I concur. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I won't. Oh, wait. You, are you getting it a little yeah. bit? It's no it's longer this. There's a sweetness to the no, top of it. It's no longer the uh, stable hand. We're in the field hands. Oh, Miss Von yes. Sapphire. That's, I've been, you know, don't question me. Oh, I will not. Don't. Don't Don't follow me out to the field. The heart wants what it wants, you and may, sometimes. You may not like what you find there. <gasps> Indeed. The heart does what it wants. It does want what it wants. And sometimes it wants the rough, the rough, calloused hands of a field hand, a field worker, common field worker. Daddy! Daddy, don't deny me my love! I'm a human being with a human heart. (laughs) Sure, he's not of noble breeding, but I love him, Daddy. What's your first name? Rebethany. How could you, Rebethany? <laughs> With him. A degenerate. A bastard of a harlot. But father, I love him. I love him with all my heart. You do not know what you are. You are a dowry. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to your chambers. And you, farmhand, you shall never see the light of day again. <laughs> What are the are the Von Sapphires able to get away with executing yeah, people? Yeah, they're mob bosses that have an underground tunnel. I thought you knew this. Holy shit. You have like a dungeon under your house. My god. Von go Von Sapphires. Yeah, you guys are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like your family crest has like a dragon on it. Damn. With like sapphire eyes. <laughs> That's where my head goes. So uh Jen, uh it's your turn to pick an episode. Yes, it is. And uh, since I'm in a mood now that this episode has put me in where I feel like it can't get much worse, I kind of feel like we might as well do one of the universally derided episodes of Voyager that people generally 
don't like. And I know you're thinking I'm going to say thresholds, but we're going to save that for a special occasion. That one's for this. That one we put in the cupboard for a special, special time. We're going to do the Tuvix episode. (laughs) That just makes me feel uncomfortable in my back place. Ew. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Are you guys ready for Tuvix? Let us know. On our social media, we're at 7 of Wine all over the place. You can also hit us up on uh, email, engage at 7ofwine.com. Oh, man, this is going to be creepy. Just when you thought before and after was like, what happened? We're going to get a whole lot weirder. How much worse can it get? It can't be that much worse because, honestly, we get the Janeway in the nightgown, and I'm all about that look. All right. Because she's the bomb. Silver lining. Oh, got to be one. Got to be one. (laughs) I'm Jacqueline Lopez. I'm Jennifer Zhang. And this was Seven of Wine. And Vaughn Sapphires. The Vaughn Sapphires. Oh, the Vaughn Sapphires have purchased Seven of Wine. <gasps> Did you know I get the memo? I didn't know. The telegram. Wait, what happened? Was the, yes, they own it now. Oh. And you are now their slave. Oh, no! <laughs>